Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I mean, I just believe in it philosophically uh, in, in my career. I like buying low and you know, the opportunity to, to go high with somebody. And uh, it's a really, really smart move. And I may think it makes New England you know, the, the favorite for the uh, AFC East without question. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't need that. Hey. I don't. I don't need that. All I need is a couple more wins in the Jaguars. Just, just, just a couple more wins in the Jaguars. Thank you, Mr. Tannenbaum, for the thoughts. And also, I want that noted five oh three here on July sixth. Uh, sixth. Yep. Austin rooting against the Jaguars no, in twenty twenty. Hey, hey, that's fake news, though, right? You're trying to spin it. You're trying to spin it, and that's I don't what like I just it. heard. Hey. You're trying to spin it. I'm just saying. Rooting for the Patriots. Hope the Jaguars have a great season, but I need the Patriots to maybe win one more game than the Jaguars in the regular season because I have a bet with Brent Martineau that says so. Yes, you do. Yep. That took a little bit of a hit potentially with Cam Newton. Potentially. Little, little, little bit of a hit? Little bit. You, you want to talk about the, the whole SpongeBob meme that I had said where all the words are either capitalized or lowercase? The classic Brett Martin quote is, oh, the Patriots are going to try to tank this year. Patriots trying to get Trevor Lawrence this year. Go after Cam Newton is not tanking. Bro. I think uh, getting Cam Newton as your backup quarterback is a good idea. <laughs> your backup quarterback. <laughs> he said he said your backup quarterback, though. Listen, man, Brent, I was adamant about this, and I even try to talk you out of this bet. I try to do my due diligence because you've already lost two houses. Times are tough right now. I don't want you to lose anymore. But I told you, there is no quit. There is no terms of tanking in Bill Belichick's vocabulary, okay? It's just not there. And there is no way if you think that the Patriots are actually going to try to tank this year and have a bad record just so they can draft a good quarterback next year, you're out of your minds. I didn't necessarily subscribe to them tanking, so to speak. I might have said it at a time or two that it might accidentally get to a, a nice win total to put them in a prime spot for their next quarterback. Sure. I also just don't think they're going to be very good on offense. Mm-hmm. With or without Cam Newton, certainly he helps more than Jarrett's did. Yep. Their defense was very good last year. Can it be good again this year? I don't know. Thanks for putting it on Twitter, by the way. Too perfect to see. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Austin is rooting against the Jags and for the Patriots. Oh, whatever, man. So we do have this bet, but I'm not coming off that bet. I believe in you, Gardner Minshew. I believe in you, DJ Chark and Leonard Fournette. Yep. I believe in you, Caleb on Chase on. Okay. And Yannick's going to play. Okay. Josh Allen. Sure. Joe Schobert, Miles Jack. Yeah. C.J. Henderson. Sure, good. LaVisca Chenault. Come on, let's go. Squats over Run over some pounds. people. Yeah, yeah. Run into Bill yeah. Belichick. Yeah, yeah. You going to say Leonard Fournette? Did you say Leonard Fournette? I did. Okay, there you go. Good. good. Brandon Linder. Nice. Jawan Taylor, you see that kind of grouper he caught? Come on. That, hey, that's why I don't go swimming in the ocean. <laughs> okay? Because 
I don't know anything really about Goliath groupers. He looked like a friendly fish. Was it going to bite you? But that guy could just be in the water and just open his mouth and swallow you. That's why Adam Golden Ocean. Let's be honest. Did you know that's what grouper looked like? Well, that's a Goliath grouper. We talked about it last year with uh, Garner Minshew when he jumped in for one. I think you were gone that day. When Minshew had his Goliath grouper when he jumped in, because, and I found this out um, last year with Minshew, so you can't actually bring him on the boat. You have to unhook him, like, in the water. So, like, I think if you watch that video with John Taylor, well, you hear somebody say, well, yeah, but you hear someone say, should, should I go in? Should I go in? Well, eventually someone's got to jump in the water and unhook it because you can't bring them on, on board. Interesting. Yeah. Regardless, though. That thing was massive. Come on. What are we talking about? That was like the fish from Waterworld that tried to kill Kevin Costner. Coos, <laughs> way before your time, but you've probably never seen it because you don't have a good taste in movies. But, yeah, there's a fish in Waterworld that tried to kill Kevin Costner. Yeah, I know. I'm familiar with the movie. Never did see it. Actually, probably saw parts of it. Yeah. I mean. Not good, though, I heard. This, here's the thing. I loved it. As a kid, oh, I couldn't get enough of it. But a lot of people want to hate on it. I thought it was good, Here's man. the thing about that Jawan Taylor and the grouper, the yeah. Goliath grouper. Yeah. I had to double and triple check it was real. I know. Like, it does not look like a real <laughs> fish, to your so point. Fake. Like, it doesn't. It looks so fake. And yeah. I was, uh, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing video. Uh, so, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with you on about that big catch. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, so, anyway, Cam Newton with the Patriots. This is one of the topics we weren't able to talk about last week while we were off. Yeah. Like, I'm not running scared mm. on the bet. Hmm. I'm not. Okay. It certainly helps the Patriots. Doesn't hurt them. But are you in love with the name more than the game when it comes to the adding? Like, the Tannenbaum thought of makes them the favorite. I don't know if I agree with that, man. Bills I think the Bills are the favorite. The Bills have proven more, have more, know more. We know more. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say proven more. But they've proven that they're taking steps. Mm -hmm. Nobody's proven more than the Patriots. But... They have more that you can kind of know. We don't know Cam Newton. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he as motivated as he appears to be? Is he 2015 Cam? I, I think those are fair questions. Like, I don't think people want you to say that about Cam Newton. How dare you? That's Cam Newton. Well, he hasn't played, like, in forever. Yeah. He hasn't been healthy in forever. Yeah. Is he going to fit? I, I, I saw a headline today. This is a really interesting headline. What, it says something like, uh, Newton's tired of being humble. Did you see that? I didn't see it. No, no, no. I was like, well, how's that going to play in New England? <laughs> Here's the real Cam Newton now. <laughs> hey, man, have you seen your outfits lately? I think you're uh, pretty out there as it is. Uh, so, I, I listen, I, I like Cam. I'm not rooting yeah. against Cam. Yeah. We're against Patriots, but I'm not rooting against Cam. <laughs> well, you're trying to root, I, I just root think against it's, me. I just think it's fair to still wonder, and I'm not putting them all – again, people want to give – Belichick's fantastic. He, he's he's belo- he, he's earned so much of the accolades and everything he's gotten. Yeah. But I just don't think it's automatic in the NFL. I mean, I don't care who's your coach and who who, who sometimes even your coach. It's not automatic in the NFL. And I think so many people want to say it's the Patriots automatic. No, the automatic guy's down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Just to let everybody know, he's yeah. down in Tampa. And so I am not still that high. Now, I am a little bit more concerned about our bet, no doubt about it. Yeah. But I, I'm not as high as everybody else just because they signed Cam. Well, and, and listen, as far as winning that division, I still have the Bills as well. Okay? I, I think the Bills are, are too good on defense. Um, 
I think they added some key additions in the, in the offseason for their offense as well. Stephon Diggs, kind of that game changer over the top. Really a big question is going to be, can Josh Allen take that next step? And now I was very adamant saying the Bills should have brought in Cam Newton. You know, the, the Bills should have been you the were. ones that got him as a backup just in case Allen didn't work out. Well, essentially you can run the same kind of offense with Cam Newton. I can't believe they didn't. Now, makes you wonder. Were they maybe interested in Cam Newton? Because I think they have Cody Kessler right now as their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. They don't have much behind him. Well, and the Patriots got hold of that and were like, hey, let's get Cam Newton before the Bills shot. Whatever. That's kind of a conspiracy. My point, though, is in terms of our bet. When I heard the news that Cam Newton was going to New England, I was like, the, you remember the, the movie The Grinch, the cartoon one? Yeah. Where all of a sudden he gets his idea in his head and the, his smile like literally goes up to his eyebrows. It was the so fastest tweet up. you ever delivered. Yeah, he was so pumped up with it, with his plan. That that was my smile. Like my smile and my like my the, the sides of my cheeks went up to my eyebrows because I was so pumped up because this is what I figured out. There was... A place in the, on the back burner of my mind where it's like somehow, some way, the Patriots are going to try to get Trevor Lawrence, something like that. Because it's the Patriots. It's the most Patriot thing ever. Where maybe they go a little below 500, but somehow they work out a trade, have it through the season, and all of a sudden they got Trevor Lawrence in their back pocket for the next decade to come. You know, that's what I figured happened. But what this Cam Newton signing reassured me on is the fact that they're still in it to win it right now. Okay. There, there is no tanking this season, okay? There is no, ah, oh, well, let's just slow play, you know, with COVID. Uh, of all the years to actually tank, this is the year. Mm-hmm. With COVID-19 and everything, if the Patriots won maybe five or six games, everyone would be like, ah, you know what? Bill Belichick's still a great coach, man. You lost Tom Brady. You know, you don't really have a receiving core. Didn't have a quarterback. Times are tough for COVID-19. Man, you guys are all right. You'll be all right. Nobody would have thought differently about it. But that's not Bill Belichick's M.O. He had every excuse to say, you know what, let's go and pull back on the reins a little bit this year and let's reload for 2021. And he said, no, let's go after Cam Newton and let's try to do our due diligence to keep on winning championships. I respect that. And I respect that for my bet. Does Cam Newton have a good season? Because here's the deal. Now that he's in New England, Mm -hmm. he's added pressure to himself. One, he's replacing Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, you're replacing Tom Brady. And two, you're hooking up with a guy that's been almost unbeatable in Bill Belichick and this New England Patriots aura and organization. If you can't get it done here, Cam, mm-hmm. nobody's going to give you a shot, even though you got plenty left. That's a good point. You would think. How much pressure did he just add? And do you really think? Do you think, like, give me a, uh average year, above average year? Pro Bowl years is a coming out party. Listen, I, I like the storyline. I mean, be I just love it that it's in a Patriots uniform. But I mean, you, you're kind of rooting for the guy. The guy's been down the last couple of years. I, I'm not yeah. a hater of Cam Newton at all. Uh, might have to be because again, he, he's now in Foxborough. Yeah, uh, that just comes with the territory. What do you think? I'm gonna say this. A, a couple things about it actually. So number one, I mean, is there pressure on Cam Newton now? Well, you better believe it, right? Because even backups from the New England Patriots have gone on to have pretty legit careers. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brissette, Matt Castle. You know, I mean, those guys didn't play a lot of reps, so it's like, well, they're coming from Belichick. You know, they're coming from the New England Patriots. Let's go ahead and give them that paycheck. I can, I can name, you know, back quarterback after backup quarterback who have done that. So, yes, there is pressure on Cam Newton because he's essentially in the best possible spot that he could be in, right, to be Many a starting quarterback. Say. Many would say. Okay. So, yeah, there's pressure from that standpoint without a doubt. What I think is going to happen here now, Keep in mind who the offensive coordinator is, Josh McDaniels, okay? McDaniels back in Denver had a guy by the name of Tim Tebow. Now, 
Say what you want about Tim Tebow. McDaniels did win some games with him. Went to the playoffs with Tim Tebow. I think everyone would agree with me that Cam Newton is obviously far more of an upgrade than Tim Tebow was. So if you can make Tim Tebow work for a season, you can probably make Cam Newton work for a season pending, knock on wood, injuries. And I think this about the New England Patriots. We always talk about, you know, the culture and, you know, just they're not the most sexy team out there, but they always get the job done. And I would agree with that. But if you look at, especially on offense, and obviously McDaniels has a lot to do with this, but they're always the forward thinking kind of offense. Okay. Like, for instance, when you use Rex Burkhead, James White, Sonny Michelle, there's not a lot of teams out there that have a three headed monster. Okay. And even five, six years ago, a lot of teams just had their bell cow back. You didn't really see a James White esque player who, you know, was getting 10 receptions a game. Well, all of a sudden now we're in 2020. That's kind of a common thing. What do we praise? Chris Thompson going to the Jaguars. Finally, they have their third down back. Well, the Patriots have been doing that forever now. Right, So I think in terms of adapting, in terms of being innovative, with the pieces that they've had on offense, I think the Patriots have done a really good job of doing that. And I think right now we see the next, you know, the next evolution, if you will, of that Patriots offense. Tom Brady is out. Cam Newton's in. So I'm expecting to see some kind of interesting, some kind of intricate kind of things going forward now for the New England Patriots. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they use him and if he still has, you know, upper echelon talent Mm -hmm. uh, left in that body, um, which is motivated. He's got a chip and appears to be healthy. Yeah. So uh, and and if he is that, by the way, Bill Belichick and the Patriots just got a steal of a deal. Yeah. Because it's like, what, seven and a half million bucks? Exactly. It's a very cheap deal. How do you think Jared Stidham feels right now? I know. It's a bummer, man. That is a bummer. Welcome to the show. Or you, you can know? go compete. Or uh, yeah, also, go, I mean, go, the way yeah. Cam's been injury wise, you better true, be ready. True. Very so, true. So uh, all, all those things could go in place. A uh, couple other uh, things, real quick. Just saw this. Uh, Bob Nightingale tweeting out: Dave Dombrowski, former GM of the Red Sox, moving to Nashville and joining Music City Baseball LLC in an attempt to bring MLB to Nashville. City is hoping to land an expansion franchise or have an existing team relocate to Nashville. About that, oh. Tampa. I was, I, I was gonna say that, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Nashville looking for some baseball. Uh, we have some numbers on the Patrick Mahomes deal. Oh man, hang on, let me, should, should I stand up for this or not? Uh, you okay? Not. You'll be alright. Okay. You ready? Hit me with it. 10 year extension. Yeah. Worth $450 million. <sighs> the injury guarantee is $140 million. So, Q, what Basically it's guaranteed money, it's $140. Oh. So up front or just over the... Whatever. It doesn't okay. say that. It's just put it, it's guaranteed in his pocket. Got it. The contract does not contain, does not contain language that ties its value to a percentage of the salary cap. Okay. Richest deal in sports history. Patrick Mahomes for $450 million. I just saw an annual average. Thank you. That's what I need right here. $45 million because of that deal, right? I can do that math. 10 years, yeah, $450 yeah. Million. $45 million. But that is $10 million higher if you do the annual average. You know, all yeah. these things are structured differently. Yeah. Russell Wilson's is at $35 million. Yeah, He's the highest paid. So that's $10 million more <laughs> than Russell Wilson. <laughs> so they do give him a little bit of that. You know, they say, hey, you're not just going to bump over Russell Wilson. You're going to go here, and you're resetting it. Yeah. Which does cover them for at least some space of time. Sure. And brings into that conversation I had said – it's like, okay, how high can the QB market go? Like, how can you – we have no idea. Five years from now, will the quarterback be making $50 million a year? Potentially. Mm-hmm. But not if the cap's $210 million. The yeah. cap would then have to be, 
You just can't. I mean, the quarterback can't make 25% of your – I mean, it can in some spots. Mm-hmm. But across the league, if that's the number for your franchise quarterback – by the way, where you have other guys coming up, like Lamar Jackson, potentially the Trevor Lawrences of the world. You know, who knows what now happens with Dak Prescott. You have these contracts coming up. You, you Gardner got, Minshew. Hey, Gardner Minshew. The cap has to be massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the numbers like this to stick across the board. So I think, uh, it's a, it's a smart deal by the Chiefs mm-hmm. because they buy themselves at least some time on the, on the, the escalator level of quarterback salaries. But they also may have hit the top point. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. But they could have hit the, the peak point of quarterback yeah. salaries. I think that's the question, right? And that's the one I have. The Kansas City Chiefs basically asked themselves over the next, let's not even say 10 years, but in seven years from now, 2027, what is the top quarterback in the NFL making? And basically they're saying we don't think it's above $45 million. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, Mahomes' agent might have said the same. Sure. And by the way, we know how this works. If it does or if it is, if it gets disproportionate according to what his his resume looks like and the way he's playing, and they rip up the deal and they do something else. Yeah. You know, and many people will believe whenever this guaranteed money runs out, whatever that is structured – well, you might rip it up anyway a couple of years after that and redo it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and my estimation for the team and for the player, this 10-year deal is probably more significantly like a five- to six-year deal mm. that it will feel like. And then you kind of revisit. Yeah. Fair enough? Fair enough. Now, let's ask the question. So, $45 million a year. Highest paid quarterback as you should way, be. Highest paid athlete of all time. Like richest uh, yeah. contract of all time. Not just yes. NFL, but even eclipsing the baseball yep. numbers. And it comes from a position, probably the most important position in sports. Okay. But now this begs the question, Brent. Did he do himself a disservice, though, by having it this high, you know, taking that yearly salary, where now those key pieces that made you so successful, those Travis Kelsey's, okay? Um, you know, though, I mean, Sammy Watkins probably gonna be gone regardless, but you know what I'm trying to say here? Like Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. I mean, eventually you can't keep them all, but you want to keep some, you want to keep some. And obviously Chris Jones on defense as well. One of the best, you know, three techniques in the game right now. Did you do yourself a disservice in putting, you know what? Well, this is, I mean, and I get it. You, it's your team. It's always been your team. But now if you start losing some of those weapons, a lot more is going to be asked of you. How much more can you possibly ask right now? Patrick Mahomes. Do just keep doing what you're doing, sure. because if, if you do what you're doing, you're worth forty five million dollars to me. But but he's doing it with the the guys around him, Brett. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, but I, and again, that's fair because mm-hmm. we don't know what he can do without those guys. Mm-hmm. That's a fair argument. And Listen, I, and I, I say and the I, same thing about Joe Burrow in LSU. Yeah. His whole offense is in the NFL. What I'm going to say too. Look, look what Matt Moore did when uh, when Patrick Mahomes was out. Matt Moore almost beat. I think did they? I think they almost beat the Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead or whatever. But like Matt Moore came in and didn't miss a beat with that offense. There is an element of this which I think is fair. People criticize me actually when I say that about Joe Burrow, yeah. and I'm not trying to knock him. I just think it's a fair question. The guy did it one year, mm-hmm. and uh, you can at least bring up the fact that every single one of his players is now on an NFL roster. Correct. On offense, along I with mean, a lot of his coaches as well. <laughs> that's like a. That's a good team, man. Yeah. I mean, I think I could have done like something at the QB position, <laughs> like got a first down or something. I can see holding hold up the crystal ball. I'm saying like, yeah, wasn't that hard? Look what had around me. We're all good. But what I do think the Chiefs are saying, I think all our eyes say this. We don't know that about Burrow yet. Our eyes no. say, hey, Burrow looks like a pretty good player, man. I mean, you don't just do that mistakenly. I agree with that. I agree with that thought process, too. 
But what we now have seen out of Mahomes two years in a row is nothing, again, is automatic in the NFL. You can't automatically score touchdowns. You can't automatically win games. You can't automatically win Super Bowls, even if you have some of the best players. Not always, The best teams don't, don't always win. Yeah. But what he does with that football, the way he throws it, the the way he plays that position, that's special. Mm-hmm. I think we all acknowledge that. Whether I'm playing receiver or Tyreek Hill's playing receiver, what Patrick Mahomes does from his position is pretty damn good. Yeah. And I think, obviously, the Chiefs recognize that, too. Now, it'll be their job, whenever these guys have to go their separate ways because they can't afford him, to put more around him. That's the job of the GM in the front office. Yep. How do you rebuild it? How do the Jags? Did the Jags do enough on defense to replenish this defense? Well, and right? I, I, I mean, yep. that's the job of the GM. That's you're the job of your right. front office. And you know what? And, and if you're listen, and keep in mind, Kansas City, they've had a couple GMs. You know, I mean, they had Dorsey, and then the other yep. guy took over. But like to me, the the X factor, to me, the wild card, it's always going to be Andy Reid. That's right, true because too. like Andy Reid. He has these preconceived notions of the guys that he wants to bring in. And guess what? It's like the Island of the Misfit Toys where not every team wants those guys. You know, like the Tyreek Hills. Tyreek Hill didn't get a lot of love out of college, right? Because he's too short. I mean, yeah, he's fast. What can he really do? Well, Andy Reid's like, you know what, man? I've always used this type of player. I want him in my team. And now look how, look how it's panned out. So to me, you make a great point in terms of drafting, in terms of bringing their guys in and trying to reload. They've done that. Miko Hardman. You know, like that guy. Who else do? Who, I don't know who Miko Hardman even was, Brent. Now, all of a sudden, like the guys on everyone's radar for fantasy this year because Andy Reid has his types of players. And guess what? They don't work in every single NFL team, but they work for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's really interesting. I saw a title, a, a headline today, and I don't know what, maybe it was around the NFL, or I don't know who did it. But it basically said, it might have been straight out of San Francisco, and it said, uh, I think it was like Bill Walsh or Kyle Shanahan is the new Bill Walsh. Hmm. And it's like, okay, Kyle Shanahan done a good job. He's offensive minded. They've got a good team around him. My immediate thought was, okay, but I don't know if Jimmy G is Joe Montana. Hmm. Again, Bill Walsh, incredible. Bill Belichick, incredible. They also had incredible quarterbacks like the two best ever, most people would say. For sure. I don't know if Shanahan has that. I don't even know if he's got anything close to that. I think the jury's still out. What's interesting here is maybe the better question is, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, is it Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes? It's a good call. And, you know, and I, I don't think Andy Reid's looked at as like this innovative guy like Bill Walsh was at the time. Uh, like Shanahan might be looked at that a little bit more, almost like the way uh, McVeigh has kind of looked, you yeah. know, or oh, was for the last couple of years. Yeah. Reid, I don't, I don't get that he's viewed that way but he is viewed as a very smart offensive man sure and now you pair him with maybe the best quarterback in the game and and by the way i hesitate to say the best quarterback like people will say hands down mahomes the best quarterback in the game mm-hmm. i'm not so sure of that I, I i don't i i think he has the best upside i think for the next 10 years yes he's the face and, and i have no problem with it there's a lot to like about mahomes but i think the way russell wilson has played these last few years i think who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson's coming. I think Aaron Rodgers still got a bunch of game in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady, with the right people around him, still looks like a magician. Uh, and and obviously, from a skill set, a forty three year old guy compared to a twenty four year old man is is totally different. Yeah. But I, I'm not ready to just say automatically. You know, yes, this was an awesome investment. This makes a ton of sense. 
I think he's going to be over the next five to ten years the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he looks that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he is right now. I, I I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's the best quarterback in the game right now. So when you're talking about Andy Reid, obviously, and yeah, in terms of innovation, like yeah, you see a lot of you know interesting plays sometimes in formations. But dude, that's just based off the talent that they have. You know, like all right, Tyreek Hill, go on a go route. Okay, go on a four three. All right, touchdown. What do you know? That's that's not a crazy innovative play. That's having just a freak athlete at the wide receiver spot. And and I agree with you in terms of I don't think Andy Reid is necessarily a Sean McVay. Um, I, I don't think he, he's like this. Oh, we hate this guy and his. Because look at, I mean, some of his staff ha, he's still retained and everything. So, what sets Andy Reid though apart? And I've spoke his praises before on the show. And obviously, he's a good players coach. He gets the locker room. But probably the most important thing that Andy Reid can do is that he's great with his quarterbacks. Okay, and if you have a head coach that's great with your quarterbacks, like understands exactly what you're looking for, a la like a Sean Payton, a la like a Doug Peterson. If you have, and keep in mind, Doug Peterson's obviously an Andy Reid guy, mm-hmm. comes from that philosophy. Um, if you can understand your quarterback, if you can relate to your quarterback and just kind of be like that overseer and get the best out of him, well, and that's a huge advantage. And this is coming from a guy who's all about defense, right? I'm all about, you know, smash mouth football, run the ball, stop the run. But there's no lying right now, man, whether it's the kind of old schoolness of Andy Reid who's been around forever or even a Sean McVay now. Like, if you can relate to your quarterback, you have a good shot to be successful in the NFL. We may someday get sick of Patrick Mahomes. Like, mm-hmm. people got sick of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't mad at Tom Brady early on, you know. Yeah. That they got sick of Tom Brady. Yeah, we get but, sick of the people that win all the time. See, we we got and that's correct, exactly. But we also got sick of just the Patriots in general, right? Like, are the cheating? Whole thing. It's Bill Belichick, dude. I've said it before. You can't hate on Andy Reid. Well, that's the, my, the, that the, was the my guy, point. Yeah. it's like we may get tired of him. Yeah, he may do something. He may say something. He may look bad in front of a camera. Who knows? Yeah. But right now, this guy is a. I, I've said this before about Kansas City in general. They're a very likable football team True. because of Reid and. And Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, Kelsey's not really the most likable guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill's had his issues. Yeah, yes. So, like, they're not overall. I'm not saying every guy on the team. But I'm just saying because of those guys. And the Hunt family in general, I think, is well-respected around the NFL, yeah. the way they run their organization. So you have that from the top down. I think it's very much uh, a respected franchise and a likable franchise. We'll see if it sticks as much as they win or if they continue to win. Highest big four sports contracts. Patrick Mahomes, 10-year, $450 million. Mike Trout, 12 years, 426. Bryce Harper, 13 years, 330. John Carlos Stanton, 13 years, 325. It's a lot of money for strikeouts. Garrett Cole, <laughs> 9 years, $324 million. You brought up a couple of the big contracts in the NFL before long-term. Yeah, yeah. Michael Vick. Yep. That didn't work out for them. Didn't. Uh, who else did you have? Brett Favre. Brett Favre, who, by the way, ended up retired, a lifetime deal, ended up retiring, yep. but he ends up in Minnesota and New York, yep. so that didn't work out. Donovan McNabb. McNabb was on it, but there was somebody else on that list. This was on that list. Uh, I can bring it up quick, but I don't have it on me. I I'll have it after the break. Yeah, we'll update that. Plus, the Washington Redskins name change, a thought or two on that. Uh, the trash can game, I'll tell you about. Drew Bledsoe, found it right now. Bledsoe, yeah. traded Bledsoe. to Buffalo. Ten Look years. out for Holmes. It's all always a great <laughs> sign. He's going to play for the Bills. <laughs> get traded away some end up in jail uh the uh <laughs> when we come back uh bryson dechambeau cool or not cool mm. and have you ever seen an athlete change their body and have this much success serious question next on espn 690 i think that the most important thing is that i've shown people that there's another way to do it and there's going to be other people trying to come up and do it that way 
Um, whether it translates on the PGA Tour, I don't think so. I think guys are going to play their game. They're going to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, try and utilize their their biggest tools in their tool bag to play their best golf. And so, you know, for me, I think they're going to be people trying to hit a little harder. So, some of them, um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's going to take a generation for for that this to all, all evolve into something different. I really think that there's going to be a lot more players down the road try and hit it as far as they possibly can and it's straight. That's Bryson DeChambeau, won the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic yesterday. And he has been unreal in the last, I think, seven tournaments, top tens in all seven. Since the return to golf, it's like he's 69 under par, I think, in four events or something like that. I mean, it's nuts Mm -hmm. how good he's been. And he remade his body. So there's a couple of things about DeChambeau for me. Like, you listen to DeChambeau talk right there. I was having this d- debate uh, with with a buddy this morning, and if you listen to him talk, it's not bad in front of a microphone. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's all right. If you watch him around a golf course, you kind of like oh, I'm not sure I like that guy. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you don't. Again, we we make all those judgments about these guys. We don't even know them. But I'm just being honest. Like that's kind of what comes across. And he had this issue over the weekend with a cameraman, which didn't look good on him. Saw that, yeah. And so, so those like, he kind of feel he's this polarizing guy. That's who he is. That doesn't. That's not a feel. He's a polarizing guy in the sport right now, almost to the point Patrick Reed, but in a different way. Like Reed w- w- was polarizing. But what's fascinating to me, and this is why I asked the question last night on social media, I'm going to ask it again right now. And I'm like. Cool or not cool on DeChambeau. He's the hottest thing going in golf right now. He's the hottest golfer on the planet. He hits it a mile. We love watching people hit home runs a mile, drivers a mile, like Rory McIlroy. Cool. Tiger Woods. Cool. Mm -hmm. Jack Nicklaus back in the day. Cool. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they hit the heck out of the golf ball. Mm -hmm. Well, this guy hits that. Dustin Johnson even, right? Cool. This guy hits the golf ball a mile. Yet I'm not sure everybody's on the cool train. Yeah. Well, so listen, and I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to compare this, your sport of golf, to my sport of professional wrestling. Okay. A lot of times in professional wrestling, you have this thing called repackaging, right? Where a wrestler goes away for a little bit, they come back, a new character, a new outfit, and all of a sudden it's like, well, who's this person? Like, this is awesome. And the hype is real. And they start winning and everything, and people start to rally behind that person just because it's something new, it's something fresh, it's something exciting. Bryson DeChambeau has been around for a DeChambeau? Or De- yeah. DeChambeau, yeah. De- DeChambeau. You got it. Yeah, okay. Has been around for a while, right? But this whole pandemic thing hits, golf gets shut down, and then he comes back. And the first time I watched him come back, it was, was he, and have we established, is he actually shredded or is he just fat? Do we, do we know that yet? So no, no, he's shredded. He's like shredded, pro, okay. Six protein shakes a, okay. a day. So he's shredded. So he comes back, looks different, and all of a sudden, look at now he's winning. Now he's hitting the long ball. And it's a little bit to do with, obviously, his new look of putting on that muscle. I mean, it was a, it's a great story, right? Like, whoa, look, this guy looks completely different. It's the, it's the before and after pictures. People eat that stuff up. But then you mix that with also, well, it's actually paying dividends, right? It's not just for show. It's not just one thing where it's like, all right, well, this guy lost 15 pounds. Yeah, he looks a lot better. Okay. How does that affect his golf game at all? Well, it doesn't really. Well, then who cares? Well, at least with Bryson, though, it's like, well, the guy added some muscle, and guess what's happening now? He's bombing it down the fairway. He's changing the game that way. So with that being said, do I think he's going to be a star? 
I think he's got a better shot of anybody else right now than being a star. I think with sports being the way they are right now, people wanting that live content, I think people are tuned in to see Bryson DeChambeau. Well, keep in mind, I have a little bit, when we came back from the break, what he said about, yeah, do I think it will change people's approach to the game, blah, blah, blah. I think that's, and I know he just posed the question, but by the way, that's already happened. Like, people are trying to hit it as far as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and it's been happening since Tiger did it, really. But it, even Rory McIlroy, if you listen to Rory McIlroy, if you listen to him, like, in a clinic or if he's trying to say to kids, he'll say, hit it as far as you can and worry about the left and right later. Yeah. Like, where it goes. Yeah. But just hit it as far as you can. So, like, DeChambeau's not changing that game. It's just that his game has changed because of his so body. much to feature it. It's just bizarre. It's wild. It's like you've never seen it before. So to me, it's two different things with DeChambeau. I think it's great for golf, first of all, because we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is this, like, star. I don't think he's a mega star guy. I don't think he's well, and, affable enough. But he is polarizing enough to at least create discussion. But, but you're saying, and here's the key term, is he going to make golf cool? And, and that's the thing. Like, to me, there's two different things going on. It's like, have we ever seen a body remade like this in sports to produce these results in like a year time. Mm-hmm. Have we ever seen that? Like, it's hard to, or, you know, the first person that comes to my mind is Barry Bonds. Oh, well, he yeah. did illegally. And I'm not trying to indicate that he's doing steroids because of sure. it. But that's the guy's body that changed. Well, Barry Bonds was already awesome player. Correct. Now he elevated to this different status, but I don't think that's a fair comparison here. So that's what I'm trying to get at, though. Like, in my mind, Barry Bonds went from this to this, mm-hmm. and he went from hitting, you know, being an awesome player to like this player that you couldn't get out yeah, like yeah. inhuman player sure so and DeChambeau well, feels like that a little bit but it's self-made I, i'm not trying to again indicate that he's he's used performance enhancing drugs or anything like that that's why i want to stay away from the bonds comparison uh but the cool and uncool thing is fascinating to me because guys that hit it this long players that are the best in the world right now like in a six eight week span are usually like pretty cool like if ricky fowler did this he'd be cool yeah. Rory McIlroy was cool. I don't get the sense that DeChambeau, with his analytics and all his math that he does, and all his clubs being the same length and his kind of awkward style, uh, and now, by the way, he doesn't even look cool with the added weight. Like, if I went and lifted yeah. and put on this weight, tank top. you'd be like, yeah, I'd be walking around a tank top, you'd be like, man, Brent's ripped, you know, Heck I yeah. look good. Yep. You ask the question: Is DeChambeau just fat, or is it muscle? Because <laughs> well, I'm telling you, the first time I wa- like the first time the PJ was back, that was like the hot topic: Was he fat? And then like I had to, I had to mute it. I'm like, listen, it's bad enough. I'm trying to watch golf for the show, so I have to come talk about it. But now I got to hear about two announcers <laughs> who have no idea about getting <laughs> gaining or losing weight. Talk about, well, is this guy fat? Like it just it, it was too much for me. Is he cool though? That's. That's the million-dollar question here on ESPN 690. Is Bryson DeChambeau cool? And it's I mean, it's a general – here's how I'm going to relate it, okay? To me, when I was growing up, Brent, in the early 90s – we talked about him a little bit. I want to bring him back here, though, again. In the early 90s, baseball, like where I was even at, it wasn't necessarily the coolest sport, okay? Like we had football, man, all right? We, uh, we had basketball. You know, like baseball was kind of always the third kind of thing. Well, then Ken Griffey Jr. came along, and Ken Griffey made it cool. Like, all of a sudden, your hat's backwards, and I want to play baseball now because Ken Griffey Jr. made baseball cool. Now, what am I trying to say, and how am I trying to compare him with Bryson DeChambeau? When Ken Griffey Jr. came on the scene day one, he changed the game forever, okay? He made it cool day one. This young kid is already in the majors, and he's hitting home runs. He's robbing, you know, balls over the fence. He's doing all this stuff from day one. That was cool. 
being that young, looking having that much swag, that was cool. That changed the game. Michael Jordan could say the same thing. The thing with Bryson DeChambeau is, is that he's been around before. Now he's reinvented himself, and he's got a new style. He looks different, but we've known him before. So, like, to me, it's almost a detriment when we've seen you before a little bit, but now you come on and all of a sudden you're like this new guy. It's kind of like in basketball, I would compare it to maybe like a Jeremy Lin or Isaiah Thomas. For a while, Isaiah Thomas, the Boston Celtics, was that dude. Yeah, yeah. For a while, Jeremy Lin was that dude. But what happened? Eventually, it kind of wore out a little bit. Now, granted, it had to do with their play as well, but it kind of wore out just because, like, well, we knew these guys before. They're great stories and everything. They've had their shots in the league. They got big for a little bit, but now what are they doing? And I kind of feel, and even though Bryson DeChambeau just won his last uh, tournament here, but I kind of feel like it's kind of in that category where it's like we know who he is. Yes, he looks different. It's exciting. But can it sustain and be cool? I don't think so either. And by the way, it becomes a favor for a lot of the majors, I think, coming up uh, with the strange calendar that is 2020. And he has, I think I saw, hasn't finished uh, better than tied for 15th in a major. I think I saw that stat. So it it will take winning one of those. It's got to win it, as well. Well, to get cool. Uh, by the way, my my little poll from last night, 67% and said not really, not, not really. really cool. And to be honest with you, I would trend in that direction too. And I think that's why I asked the question. Mm-hmm. Like, this is weird. Like, shouldn't he be kind of cool? He's the best player on the planet right now, and he's hitting it a mile. Yeah. Like, that is usually cool. Yeah. Yet, doesn't really feel that well, way with him. Uh, yeah, and then to be fair, listen, I think it's great for golf, like you said, but I agree. I don't think it's necessarily the cool thing. I mean, Jordan Spieth for a while was that guy. Did Jordan Spieth make golf cool? Eh, no, but yeah. if Jordan Speed, that's a great call. But if Jordan Speed had hit it like this a okay. mile and yeah. he looked kind of ripped now, yeah, and, and the guy that you know go to the beach and take his shirt off, sure, Jordan Speed didn't look like that. Jordan but he Spieth didn't kind of looks like another golfer, nice kid, but but, but I'm saying golfer. But his talent though, Brent, like I mean, it was on, like he was the guy who was winning everything, Absolutely. right? And like he came out of nowhere, also rocking the Under Armour, had a little swag to him. So like I think like if he would have kept on winning, maybe he would have made the sport cool. But my point is, look at how much Jordan Speed won. He kind of had some swag to him, and he didn't really change his sport to make it look cool. No, my point, though, is Spieth is way cooler than DeChambeau. Yeah. And Spieth is pretty just kind of normal. Yeah. He's just like young young guy, kind of fiery, competitive, sure. uh, played all different sports, and just likes to compete. Yeah. But if he could hit it a mile, he would hit a different kind of cool level. Sure. Uh, or if he could do something like that, he could putt. Well, putting, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you got to appreciate putting. You <laughs> yeah, got to know yeah. golf. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's good, but you don't. So um, <laughs> yeah. so th- that's the fascinating part uh, w- with all of this when it comes to DeChambeau. Well, the other part yeah, of it is the body. Yeah. Have we ever seen this? I mean, I'm seriously thinking, can you think of a player that changed his body and, and reinvented himself? And all of a sudden, man, we're talking about a year's time where he's now, again, the best player in the game. A lot of people – see, golf's a funny game. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jordan Spieth. He went through like this two-year window where he started like, oh, my gosh, is he ever going to be beat? Is he yeah. going to be challenged Tiger Woods? Rory McIlroy, oh, my, he's the next Tiger Woods. Uh, Dustin Johnson, no, it doesn't look like he – that's the way golf works. Ricky Fowler, you know, when's he going to win the major? But he's, he's like top five in all the majors. Sure. Golf works that way. Like you play well sometimes for two months, sometimes for six months, sometimes even for a year or a year and a half. But then you come back down to earth. Correct. This guy is in that phase of playing great golf for a couple of months, but it's after this huge body change. Uh, somebody said on Twitter to me yesterday, it's like if he, I think it was Scott Schroeder, actually, the golf coach at UNF. He's like, if he had gained the weight like John Daly did 
and just drinking beer and having fun at Hooters. And talking about it. You know? Yeah. Then he would be cool, right? It would be cool. But here's Happy the thing. Gilmore-esque. Yeah. Daly never played with that kind of success, like this kind of success. The numbers DeChambeau's putting up in the last two months are insane. But John Daly was still cool, though, But man. he was cool. But he did make the sport go so cool. So that's yeah. my point is it's two different stories. Like, yeah. you mentioned Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Fury... To get back in the ring, lost like 120 pounds, right? Dude, so, so Tyson Fury went over like I think it was like right around 400 pounds and got to the point where he was ready to commit suicide and just call it a, you know call yeah. it life, man. He like he was just that down. All of a sudden, a friend talks some sense into him. He he goes for a run, runs 100 yards, gets out of breath, walks back home, and then every single day after that, he ran 200 yards, then 300 yards. That turned into miles. That turned into miles. Guy lost like over 150 pounds, and all of a sudden, now he's the heavyweight champion of the world. So, like, to me, that's – but, I mean, that took time, though, Brent, right? Like, that took years but that's a fair upon years. I'm not saying yeah. it has to happen overnight. This yeah. one did. But that story, though, it, that, that's the part of the mythology. Mythology? Myth. Mythological mythology. Sure, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it's part of the mythology right now (laughs) of Tyson Fury that adds to the story. Just like Bryson DeChambeau right now, where, listen, your story has got you to where you're at. People are talking about you. We're talking about you right now. Everyone's talking about you. If you keep on winning, well, then you might have something special there. If you don't keep on winning, then you're just kind of a flash in the pan. It is what it is. But if you keep on winning, you got something. You know, in in a strange way, in, but not in such a visual way. Like, if you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. you see that what they did to change the way they played to compete with the Pistons is they hit the weight room. Correct. Remember the part of The Last Dance where they said they didn't break? Yeah. They didn't go on vacations. They went right to the weight room. And Jordan changed. He changed his body so he could take the beating. Well, I think athletes do that. I think there's a over time you do that you you might hit the weight room a little bit more you build on but jordan didn't look that different sure if he sat there and flexed for you yeah. he looked different but he didn't jump off. like you didn't watch tv and be like wow michael jordan looks totally different right now well, exactly. he didn't say that you know yeah. and so the athletes don't do that they are who they are in fact what i often say is and i've said this many times in the show you've seen this i think in the league but when when players are asked to change their body mm-hmm. I think it often backfires. I think most people can't get used to it. Like most people say, hey, I'm going to lose a little weight Mm -hmm. uh, and and become a little leaner. I'm Mm going to be a vegan or whatever for uh, next year and and lose weight and and be leaner so I can be faster. Well, what happens a lot of times is those players will say, yeah, I got a little quicker, but I don't feel as strong. Like I don't feel as good. I don't feel like myself. This is what I'm used to. Was it 2018 when Leonard Fournette like dropped like 20 something pounds, 30 pounds, and everyone's like, well, it's the last he's been since high school. Whoa, like, buckle your seatbelts, get on the Leonard Fournette train. Here we go. Like, that's not necessarily how it works, especially in football. Like, yeah, you can go ahead and change your body around, and it may look good on the beach and everything, but. When you do that, man, sometimes you sacrifice something else. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, or you just don't feel you like don't feel you it. felt yeah. forever. Like exactly. if you carried this, like you said it before. When yeah. I think it was uh, Chicago, right? No, I went to Kansas City. Oh, well, Kansas City. I went to Kansas City, and I had to gain. You had to 20 gain pounds. twenty pounds. Yeah. yeah. Right, and you feel like a different player. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's fascinating about these shit. Well, I understand it's golf. It's not yeah. football, mm-hmm. but still, man. That, Look good, feel good, play good. Without a and doubt. And he's figured out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't know if he looks good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, it has to be the, the clothing, man. Like, get you, who, whoever's dressing him, let me take over. Okay? And, and let's put him in some tight white shirts. Well, maybe if he's sweating, it's going to be a bad look. But, like, let's put him in some things that can like, accentuate the muscle a little more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come I on. I think I got my microphone working.
Yeah. Well, thank you. Glad. Oh, Just in time. Just in time. Welcome back, Coos. Welcome back. 553. Hey, it was good to be back. Uh, and as always, we promise some things we don't deliver. We'll talk about the Washington Redskins nickname a little bit tomorrow. Something's never changed. Uh, also, the trash can store. i got to tell you a little bit about yeah. it, so I want to get into that, uh, which might even bring us into a conversation about youth sports uh, to some degree. Uh, but we'll do that tomorrow. we got another day. We're back at it. Yeah. 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The big story today, Patrick Mahomes, 10-year deal, $450 million. Unbelievable. Face of the NFL. Face of the NFL. For the next decade, and he's there in Kansas City. I'll see you tonight on CV, CBS 47, and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging out with us on ESPN 690.